Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the rural vote has increasingly turned red over the past several decades as the Republican Party has rebranded itself as the party of working class Americans. But Democrats are trying to win some of those seats back, starting with a new initiative the Biden administration is rolling out. Theo Miles, the national political reporter for The Washington Post and co-author of the early 202 newsletter uh, that is part of my daily drill. Uh, Theo, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be with you, Boyd. Uh, so let's take a, a, a look at this. The, the Democrats are looking at a strategy in terms of trying to win back some of those rural voters. Uh, tell us about what that effort looks like and what some of the early efforts are. Yeah, well, to be clear, there are sort of two parallel uh, things going on here. Um, one is that the Biden administration is rule, rolling out a, uh, a new effort uh, to deploy federal staffers, uh, you know, starting next month, uh, you know, to rural areas uh, in several states um, to, uh, you know, try to help rural communities take advantage of, you know, some federal resources, uh, you know, including money that was included in the uh, bipartisan infrastructure law that President Biden signed last year and, uh, and his big COVID relief package. Um, the other track is that uh, Democrats are, you know, working to win back um, some, uh, you know, sort of rural uh, House seats, especially uh, this fall, um, and try to make some progress uh, with, uh, you know, winning back rural voters um, who, uh, you know, as you mentioned, have been uh, fleeing the party, uh, you know, gradually over the past couple of decades. Yeah, one of the things you pointed out in uh, your piece today uh, is the not only the party struggle with some of those rural voters, but how that actually manifests itself in November uh, when you had uh, Terry McAuliffe, you know, former Democratic governor, uh, just did not do well in the rural areas, seemed to be trying to run a very national, uh, very backward facing previous administration kind of race. Uh, and ultimately that didn't play well and, and ultimately cost him the race. What else did they learn from that process that they might be trying to tweak now heading into the midterms? Um, well, Terry McAuliffe was never, you know, expecting to win, uh, the, uh, you know, rural communities, uh, in Virginia, uh, the, uh, you know, the many rural counties, uh, in the state. You know, he was relying on a base of support in the Washington suburbs as well, uh, you know, as in Richmond and Charlottesville and, uh, 
you know, down closer to Norfolk. Um, but what matters is when Democrats start losing these rural areas by ever greater margins. You know, it makes it harder to compete, even if they're running strong in, you know, urban and suburban areas. There were, uh, you know, more than a dozen counties um, in which, uh, you know, Terry McAuliffe got less than 20 percent of the vote. Uh, you know, deep red counties in rural Virginia. There were some where he was, you know, touching only 13 percent of the vote. And when you do that badly, uh, you know, in rural counties, that makes it harder, uh, you know, to uh, to make up the difference in, uh, you know, suburban and urban areas, even in states like Virginia uh, that are uh, now Democratic leaning. Yeah. And so as they as they look at that, as they try to to get a strategy to, to roll that out, you mentioned some of the things the administration is doing. Uh, what's happening on the ground politically in terms of kind of getting out of that D.C. bubble and uh, getting a little more face to face and better connected with those rural voters? Well, as you know, uh, you know, members of Congress are, uh, you know, almost all uh, back in their districts uh, this week. Uh, you know, they're on recess and uh, will return to uh, Washington next week. Um, but Democrats have been targeting, uh, you know, are targeting this year, you know, a handful of, uh, you know, rural leaning districts that uh, had slipped away from them. Um, you know, one of them, for example, is uh, in California. Uh, you know, the um, what used to be the 21st district, uh, a, uh, you know, predominantly rural, uh, you know, seat that, uh, you know, has a really high Hispanic population as well. Uh, Democrats had won that seat uh, in 2018. Uh, Congressman David Valadeo, a Republican, uh, won it back, uh, you know, in 2020. And Democrats are, uh, you know, trying to retake that seat. So, um, you know, there's a, you know, a small battleground of, uh, you know, rural seats uh, this year that, uh, you know, they are uh, trying to claw back. All right. And then final thoughts, uh, Theo, anything else you're watching for, things that we should be watching for uh, as we march our way towards these uh, crucial midterms? Things that you should be watching for. Um, yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, when uh, it comes to rural areas, you know, the party is trying to win back uh, some seats, but it's also trying to hold on, uh, you know, to some of the few remaining predominantly rural seats that it already has and not fall, uh, you know, even further behind. Um, so there are seats, uh, you know, like the seat held by, uh, you know, Congressman Jared Golden uh, in Maine. A, uh, you know, a very rural uh, New England district. Uh, Jared Golden has had a lot of success, um, you know, uh, in differentiating himself from the National Party. Uh, he, uh, you know, was one of, um, you know, only, uh, I think, a couple of House Republicans or sorry, House Democrats to uh, to vote against the Build Back Better Act, uh, you know, last year. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a handful of seats like that that will also be tests for, uh, for Democrats this fall. Uh, fantastic. Theo Myers, national political reporter for The Washington Post and co-author of the Early 202 newsletter. Theo, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be with you. All right. Uh, again, some great perspective there in terms of the, the rural vote. It's it's so interesting to me how that always plays out. Who is willing to uh, get out? One of the things that was in uh, Theo's piece uh, that I love talking about, uh, you know, what Democrats needed to do and, and talking about Democrats that were doing it well. Uh, one member said, I can't even tell you how many times I've showed up at a house and just the simple fact 
that I drove down someone's dirt driveway, knocked on their door, left my cell phone number. Uh, it's just that basic act of showing up that wins votes. Uh, and I think that's just so true uh, as it comes to, especially to rural voters, uh, showing up is half the battle. Uh, and then engaging in a meaningful conversation is what tex- takes you uh, the rest of the way there. So, again, Theo Meyer, uh, Meyer was great to have him on, as always, from the Washington Post. Uh, always appreciate his insight and perspective. Uh, as we've been talking about throughout the day and throughout the week, the Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is having its open house. Uh, we're going to, in our last segment today, we're going to focus on a conversation with one of our favorites, Reverend Amos Brown, sat down with KSL TV's Carol Makita to talk about why it was important for him to visit the D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll get to that coming up next. And remember, next week we'll broadcast from our nation's capital, Inside Sources, Monday to Thursday from Washington, D.C. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.